Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, we're going to be talking about a few different leagues around the world here and kind of what's happening, but we wanted to start right off with the Frozen Four because I'm embarrassed to admit, we totally left it off our last podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we discussed it somewhat, and then, like you said, we just kind of, we showed our age, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we did, because I, I edited the podcast, I'm like, we never mentioned the Frozen Four. We talked about it before we recorded, and when we jumped onto it, we just completely left it off. So we're rehaving a conversation for the podcast, and I'm telling you, man, it was a really, really, really interesting Frozen Four this year. There was obviously, the top four teams didn't make it. And we were left with, I can't say any surprises, but really surprised that not one of the top four teams was in there. Because it was, uh, we saw, you know, for the, the Frozen Four with Minnesota Duluth facing off against UMass and then Minnesota facing off against St. Cloud. And I know when we talked about this matchup before, you really wanted that UMass-St. Cloud matchup, and I wanted the Minnesota-Minnesota matchup. Well, one of us got what we wanted, and it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Like I said, that you know, UMass coming out of Hockey East, that's such a strong, you know, Division One conference that I just had a feeling. I mean, they they didn't kill everyone in that conference, but I mean, the last the game to get them into the tournament was a one nothing game against a very strong UMass Lowell team. So, you know, it, 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 people always say, oh, there's, you know, this, they won five nothing, they won four nothing, they won whatever. It's the teams that win those one nothing games. Those are the intense games that you know that you know they're made of something special. They were excellent games, and we ended up with Massachusetts and St. Cloud facing off there in the actual finals. The game looked closer than the scoreboard. When you watched it, St. Cloud did not get. I mean, they lost what five nothing, but. They played a strong game. They just—it was a good, entertaining game for a five-nothing game. That was a good, entertaining game. Absolutely. Those uh, those last eight, you know, the final eight going into the Frozen Four and going into the championship. I was having a conversation actually uh, with you know the, the head coach I work for at Carlton Place, and you know he brought up a good point, and I completely agreed that that was the best hockey I've seen in a long time. And I'm talking about NHL playoffs. I'm talking about the KHL playoffs we've been watching. I'm talking about all this hockey we've been watching. This Frozen Four was jam-packed of phenomenal hockey. I, I You just couldn't turn away. Um, like you said, it was a 5 nothing game, but it wasn't one of those games where it was 5 nothing in the first three minutes of the game, and then you know the team goes into ship-it mode and ships it off for, for a win. These were some intense hockey games, and uh, I mean, after a year that you know COVID kind of ruined the Frozen Four, they really came out with a bang to, to make up for it. Massachusetts to get there with that overtime game against Minnesota Duluth, I tell you, man... That could have gone either way, and I wasn't surprised by the Massachusetts winning that game. It was just one of those just intense games, and I think Massachusetts just kept chugging along during this whole tournament. And, man, I mean, you called it. You were right. This was a strong team playing in a really strong division, and they came out for their first ever national championship. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I learned this actually – I want to say the day of the championship or maybe the day after the championship, you know, there's, there's some two, lo- two local kids here that played in the CCHL uh, junior a league here. Um, you know, one that lives you know, two again, two local guys, one played for Brockville, one played for Kempville and both character guys from what I hear from people who knew them. So, you know, they had a team built on character guys, what it looks like. And, and they really put it together. It really was just an excellent, excellent series. Uh, honestly, a lot of these games were fantastic, but the frozen four, like you said, was some of the best hockey I've seen in a while. Uh, sometimes I watch 
I mean, I'm a Sabres fan, so I don't get to see really entertaining hockey out of my team. But watching this Frozen Four, man, these guys were playing for something, and you could tell because, I mean, it was a 5 nothing game for the championship. But, man, you talk about the two games leading to that with Massachusetts taking that OT game and St. Cloud just squeaking past Minnesota. What was it, 5-4? to four? Yeah. Those were tight games. Those were edgier seat games and this one felt like it that national championship game felt like an edgier seat game because at any point you just thought st cloud could just pop a couple in and this game would be tight again it just felt like it was going to keep happening st cloud was not steamrolled st cloud i just they just didn't score and yeah that's exactly it i mean they 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 were working i mean they got the shots they got the opportunities it was just one of those games where, you know, they just didn't get, you know, they, they were trying to make breaks for themselves and they just, the puck wasn't bouncing the way that they wanted to. Um, you know, you look at the score and you're looking from the outside, you said a 5 nothing game, you can say, oh, it's easy to say, oh, UMass absolutely rolled them. But that wasn't the case. This was an entertaining 5 nothing game. It doesn't happen very often. Even a 3 nothing game sometimes is, you know, boring as all hell because it's it's just... You know, it's it's a team all over one team, and they pop a few goals, and they put it back into cruise mode, and they, and they go win a championship. This was, like, down to the last seconds, like, heavy hitting, hard hard skating, you know, big shots, great chances. Uh, this, again, it's just great hockey. I mean, I'm sure you can find it somewhere to rewatch it if you if people haven't had a chance to watch it. You know, you already know the score is going to be 5 nothing, but I'm telling you, watch that game if you want to see some good hockey. There was a blast, and anyone that wants to go out there and check it out, at least check out the highlights because this was a fun, fun series to watch. The whole Frozen Four ended up being a lot a lot more entertaining than, honestly, I was expecting because sometimes you just expect the top four teams to be there, and they're great teams. You really did expect to see like a North Dakota-Boston College showdown, and when that didn't happen, you're like, okay, this could be a lot of fun, and these were teams that you know, didn't get all the accolades moving in there. They weren't teams that any team was overlooking by any means. I mean, any team in the in the tournament was a team that could have taken it. Again, I I really thought you know my my picks would my picks would go through, but uh, that was killed in the in the first game. So it happened. So and even then, Boston College, I'm like, okay, well at least Boston College will make it to the championship game. Nope, it was not Lake Superior State versus Boston College like I predicted. With Boston College winning, it those teams didn't even make it to the Frozen Four, man. Neither the number two team in the nation. Did not make it to the Frozen Four. That's what I love about this style of tournament. Like, you know, in a playoff series, or maybe these guys played the best, you know, three out of five or, you know, four out of seven, whatever the way you could do it. Um, you know, you you might get, a you know, a steal of a game from, you know, the, the number eight seed beating the number one seed in the first game. And then they move on and get destroyed the next three games, the next four games or whatever, because that team kind of woke up and, from that battle. This is a, a one shot deal. I mean, I love this style tournament because you never know. Like, like we talked about on the podcast when we first made our picks, I said St. Cloud always finds a way to really upset somebody. Um, yep. you know, Lake Superior could have easily done it. Like there's so many teams that come into this tournament that are never really the number one. They might have never even won a national championship, but you know who they are because they come into this tournament and they usually win that first game shockingly over a team and then push the next team to the, you know, the brink and then they end up, you know, losing or whatever. But that's what I love about this. It's, it's, you fight to get to this final eight and somebody out there or a group of people out there say, okay, this is the number one team, this is the number two team, this is the number three team. And then the players from basically from two to eight basically flip them off and say, watch this. See, that's why I picked the teams I picked. I really felt with watching the way that Lake Superior State and Boston College were handling their seasons, Lake Superior State had a pretty hard battle. And this is a team that's won national championships, I mean, a long time ago. But 
this is a team that is not unfamiliar with winning national championships. It just hasn't happened, I think, since maybe the early to mid-90s. And Boston College is Boston College. I really thought with the way these two teams were playing, especially with their goaltendings, I mean, they both had Hobie Baker nominees on them. I'm like, no, this is – these are the teams I would not be stunned with, you know. And I just figured at the end of the day, Boston College would come there and show their true strength and take down Lake Superior State. That game I expected to be a 5 nothing game. If I recall correctly, I'm like, Lake Superior State's going to make there, but I think they're going to run out of gas, and I think Boston College is just going to take it to them. But neither team even made it to the Final Four or even the championship game. So, dude, I love this stuff. And that's why we look at over across the pond into Russia and the KHL playoffs have officially made it to the Gregorian Cup. The, uh, the first game in the cup is tomorrow, 18 April, as we are recording this podcast on Saturday, 17 April. But when you look at it, man, CSK Moscow, the Red Army, took out St. Petersburg in yet another shutout game. I, they were just, I really think that CSKA has it this year. They're just shutting teams down. And Avangard, man, but the addition of Kovalchuk, they were already a good team. You throw a guy like Kovalchuk on there, like he is just taking that team to the next level. And here we go with Avangard taking out the Akbars. It's going to be Avangard and CSKA for the Gregorian Cup. And man, I'm excited to see the highlights of this game. I, I really wish I could find a way to watch these games, but I really just can't wait to see how these games unfold but i'm really just expecting the red army to take it uh with the way they've been playing yeah and again like Jay, that was that was something we talked about like the, this this the khl is just it's, it's i mean exciting. it blew my, it blew my <laughs> yeah. mind in the you know what i mean like you got a guy literally trying to and i mean i don't mean literally i'm saying literally but literally trying to kill somebody with a clean hit ends up literally going face on face cutting himself basically from one end of his face to the other getting stitched up and coming back out um, you know, the the intensity in this league is ridiculous. I'm not saying the NHL is not tense. Please don't come at me, NHL fans or anybody from the NHL. Um, you know, the no fun league of, of hockey. But, you know, the KHL is just literally like it. I, I just have fun watching it. I'm not saying I don't yeah. have fun watching the NHL again. Please don't come at me. Um, but, you know, the intensity in this game, I mean, it's literally 11 nothing, and the other team's still trying to fight for a win. In the NHL, the team goes down 2 or 3, and, you know, and that bounce not going their way. You can tell they shut it down. The KHL hasn't been like that, from the, like, especially from these playoff standpoints. You know, teams are getting beat, but, like, throwing massive hits, trying yeah. to swing the momentum. It, it's been so much fun. I really wish that someone would pick it up, try to stream it in English. You know, I, I don't mind watching it in Russian. Don't get me wrong. I just have no idea what they're saying. But I, w- I wouldn't mind having even somewhere on the you know one of these streaming sites that you have to pay for anyways, um, covering it. I mean it's it's a fun hockey league, and I think if we can get more coverage to it, it would really take off and I mean force the NHL to have a little bit more fun with what they do. I think so, and anyone that gets a chance, as we talked about, you know, pulling up the highlights for the Frozen Four, you got to pull up the highlights for Avangard taking on the Akbars in overtime to advance the Gregorian Cup. Who doesn't like an overtime game where you advance to the, the cup? This was an exciting, exciting finish. You seriously got to look into the highlights. They have KHL English on YouTube, so you can look it up and, you know, see the highlights in English. They are pretty good at keeping it updated. But if you speak Russian, obviously you listen to it in Russian. It's It's been such a blast to just see this unfold. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see who wins the cup because who knows? It could be avant-garde. You know, Kovalchuk could be the the magic piece that just took that team to. Sometimes, again, what we did, what did we talk about in the NHL trade special. Sometimes you just need that one piece that just takes a great team and makes them exceptional. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, a trade deadline can absolutely win you a Stanley Cup, a national, well, I can't say a national championship because you can't make trades, uh, but a, a championship at any level where you can allow trades. I mean, how many teams, I mean, for me, I watch, you know, the the CHL, the OHL, they have trade deadlines and guys will literally trade basically a full draft, literally a full draft, all, I think it's 12 picks in the OHL or whatever, to get like three players that literally will completely reinforce and turn around their team and help them win the cup. And the NHL, you see teams, I mean, as and I'm talking as an Ottawa fan, I don't really like pumping the Ottawa Senators, whatever. That's not me, but I, I only know it because, you know, as a kid, I watched it. But I still remember Ottawa making trades for like Brian Smolinski. Um, oh, and, man. You know, I like just just like players that were good, but not amazing, but were role players. They brought in, I, I want to say five, like literally, like, it was like a five, five players that they brought in, basically an entire full line of character players. And they end up losing to the Ducks in the Stanley Cup Finals that year. But they brought in all these character guys, and it just literally went from being a team who was just getting all the bounces. They were playing really well. You know, they had you know a bunch of players that were, were, were just scoring handfuls of goals at a time. And then they made this trade to just bring in even more vets and, you know, some experience and some people who had won cups. And for me as an Ottawa Senators fan watching that, I absolutely love that run. It was just so much fun. And again, it went from fun hockey to watch to a team that was like, oh, damn, you're going to have to beat these guys if you want to win a Stanley Cup. And they proved that by literally, you know, it wasn't the greatest finals in the world, but at least it was the finals I got to watch as a, as a fan. And it was, you know, it, it was all down, down to those trades. Yeah, and that those those little acquisitions and trades can make a big difference because obviously Kovalchuk was an acquisition going back to the KHL. And you look at, we love talking about the USPHL here, you look at what Provo Riverblades did in the uh, USPHL Mountain Division this year. Team did not start off good. Uh, they were basically the team. A lot of teams were steamrolling, but this is the team that I can guarantee you every team in the Mountain Division was afraid of towards the end of the run. And I know the teams didn't want to face Provo. Provo was just they were strong. They were so strong. If you watch the Nationals for the USPHL. The commentators were talking about how strong Provo was and how strong they finished the season, and it was just a team nobody wanted to face. Those acquisitions at the end of the season before you know the, the cutoffs can make a big difference. And man, Provo went from, okay, we're going we're gonna to beat this team to I don't want to play this team because they're going to beat us. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's like we said, right? It's, it's about bringing in those players. And sometimes, excuse me, sometimes it's literally just... You know, it's a good feeling. Your players, right? You, you, as your players, you know, you have a good team. You're doing well, or even if you're not doing well, but you're on the brink of doing well. Whatever it is, when you bring these new players in, especially when you get, you know, big names or you know, big stars or whatever, that pumps that pumps the the, the guys up inside the room. Not only that, as teams looking on, you know, you're seeing, you know, five or six or even two or three, one, you know, great player go to a team, and you know, you've got to play them another four times till the playoffs. That sucks for you because you're just you literally are watching that team get stronger and you know it, it's all it, it can literally just be a mental part too right maybe that that player goes to that team and only scores four goals in the next 20 games but that mentality of hey we're getting better is gonna affect everyone on your team so it's just like when we talked about you know the NHL trade deadline and how Carolina did nothing you know inside that room you're thinking yeah we know we're good we're in first place but hey all these other teams are spending a first-round draft pick to bring in that one piece they need. Are you telling us you can't get rid of what we hope to be the 32nd, 32nd overall pick? 
You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. it's gonna be the last pick of the you know, if you win the cup, that's the last pick of the first round. You're telling yep. me you're not you're not willing to spend that pick to maybe ensure that we win the cup. And, you know, maybe that's a deflating. I mean, I, from what I've seen, they've, they've still been playing good hockey. But that could have completely deflated that entire room by saying, hell, like, help us a little bit. Like, you know, the rich can always get richer, especially when it comes to sports. Yeah, they absolutely can. And I tell you, it's the right moves, right time, man. It really is. Sometimes you have to weigh that. You have to weigh what can we do this season versus always thinking too far in the future. Like a really, really good GM can't build the best team now while still preparing the team for the future. And that's what some of the most successful GMs in the National Hockey League and beyond, we're talking every league, successful GMs can build the team for the now, but still have a focus on not massively impacting the team for the future. But if you know you're in a team, you're in a situation where you just have to spend now because you know your time's running out and there's teams in the National Hockey League, their window is going to close here very shortly. They've got to spend now. Who cares what we can do in three years with this next rookie? We need to spend this. We need to spend these picks now and get the talent that can send us over the edge. And that's what I think, like I said, a Kovalchuk is for Avangard right now. It was just the right, right call. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's no matter what league it is, um, you usually see these trade deadlines. You know, when teams are spending what they call spending the future to get, you know, now success now. They usually end up, it's like a life cycle, right? You know, yep. team trades away whoever, prospects, draft picks, whatever, gets better, wins a cup, makes a dynasty, makes three or four runs, and then you get a, end up right back out. Okay, now you're a last place team, but you're getting the first overall pick. You know, and it's, it's just a life cycle. And I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins or the the Hawks. They, they've done that. Um, you know, they, they've traded picks away, prospects away, um, you know, for cap space or whatever won a bunch of cups and now they're in that okay now we're swinging back to to not being great like you said in, in the khl it's the same thing right you bring in kovalchuk he not only brings in he's a goal scorer he always has been um you know no matter how you feel about him that guy scores goals yep. um you know and he, he i'm sure he's he's a big you know a, a popular person in in russia right he's one of their big one of their best hockey players that has been around so He's coming in. He's pumping up the guys because they're bringing in the guy who's played in the NHL, who's played in the KHL, who's kind of played a little bit everywhere. Played, you know, scored a bunch of goals where he played. You dressing your locker room are feeling pretty good because you've got this guy in. Your team's feeling pretty good because this guy's performing for you. And yeah, okay, maybe you know you spent a little more cap than you wanted to to bring him in or however whatever they're doing, and you might not have enough. To, you know, you might not have that much to spend next year because of that. But if you win a, a cup this year. Honestly, the following year, even if you come dead last, your fans are still buzzing off that one cup. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wish I wish I could uh, buzz off of a, a Sabre Stanley Cup, but just uh, doesn't happen because I don't see that happening for a long time now. It's 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 depressing to be a Sabres fan, but thank God I have two teams because I move around a lot. And the Caps at least let me feel like I've done something with my hockey watching life. But before we wrap up this episode, we're going to briefly touch on the English ice or the elite ice hockey league out of England. Not a lot to say right now. It is just that with COVID and you're going to see this a lot with a lot of leagues and probably get into it on a later episode. But with COVID, there's only four teams competing in what they're calling the elite series this year for 2021 with my Coventry Blaze being one of those four teams. Yeah, we're doing pretty good right now. We're, we're right behind Sheffield. Our goalie out of Canada, Shane Owen, is the top goalie in the league right now by far. He is in the 9-2 A percentage, which is, I don't think there's another goalie right now with above a 9. Uh, so he's just killing it for us right now. And we've got our, our other Canadian, Tristan Keck, 
who's second, I think, in points in the league right now. I think Tanner Eberly is leading for the Sheffield Steelers. But yeah, really exciting hockey coming out of England right now. Again, everyone, you can watch that as well. Go online, see what you can do to stream it. Check out the highlights. It's awesome hockey. It's just super weird with nobody in the crowd. It's just, I still can't get used to it, but such is life. But this is where we're going to wrap this up. But we do appreciate you guys for listening in. And let us know what you think. You know, tune in. What did what do you think right now of the Frozen Four? What did you think of the results of it? What do you think right now of the KHL playoffs? Are you excited for the Gregorian Cup? Are you following the Elite Ice Hockey League out of England? Let us know. Is there something else we should be checking out? We want to hear from you. But in the meantime, this is Chris and Sebastian. Keep your sticks on the ice. Yeah, we're pigeon <laughs> hockey, and we'll catch you next time.